Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. I am non-pastor Dan. And, and I am unpastor Glenn. Man, it's good to be back in the studio. It is for great to be two. back in back in the fishbowl with Glennard. Yes, it is. And hey, what do you think about that opening theme song we got now? I love it. You like that? It Man, I want to give rocks. a big shout out tonight to Armor of God. That is the song to the heavens with God off of their Dark Face of Greed album. Wow. Great, uh, great band. I've been in touch with them. They're from Florida. As a matter of fact, I found them down in Tampa when I was down there to see Delane and Hammerfall. They opened okay. it for them. Great act. Uh, it was a really good time. But, dude, I got to tell you what. We really just blew the lid off of everything during that first edition of Get Real. Oh, yeah. We did. <laughs> I mean, we covered, we covered everything that really scares most church people and really most and guess we're what? done might we're, as well go out with a blast go out with a blast just do it all at once and i mean we covered heavy metal we covered jesus we covered prehistoric trilobites the only thing we didn't cover is ufos that's the only thing okay we didn't cover. i'm gonna make sure that to work that in yeah we're gonna work that in somewhere around there for but, real but that uh, we we just hit a lot of things at once, and to the listener out there, that is just a normal conversation between Dan and yeah. I when we're on the phone. <laughs> That's like over burgers. You know? <laughs> exactly. Was that a good burger tonight? That or was what? an excellent burger, but it was good conversation. I, I love it when we just kind of shoot the breeze. Which is, you know, what I found out this week that sh- saying "shoot the breeze" is unfamiliar to people in Europe. Really? Yeah. What that means, what we're trying to say in our Americanese. Yes, because we do have European listeners. Okay. Um, is Shooting the breeze means when you're just out there just talking and it's not really pre-planned. You're just kind of what we're doing right now. We're just, you know, conversing. Conversing. Shooting the breeze. Off the cuff. When we were actually talking and we were talking about um, just, we were talking about how a lot of metal writers Mm -hmm. and listeners, I believe, are people that are a little more intense. They have a different IQ. I think it's, if you tested metal fans, I think they would be 10, 15, 20 points higher. Probably. Do you think so? That's not us patting ourselves on the back. (laughs) No, we're not not talking about ourselves because how long did it take us to get the audience? (laughs) Yeah, it's been quite a while. But for you guys out there, you're most likely um, smarter than some of your peers. And it's a different focus. A lot of people will use music as a sedative, as a distraction, as something to take them away. And a lot of times there's a lot of angst involved. People go through some rough things, but they're they're searching through this life. They're trying to see what's this all about. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that people that are that enjoy metal or really any other kind of primarily intense music, passionate. Passionate. Okay? Definitely. We talked a little bit about that. That I think they are aiming you know, at some of those things. But I don't know, it was fun eating burgers and talking about the foundations of the universe. We it, it really was. Just just simple things that we were talking about over a, over a light meal. You actually said something in the last podcast that was profound. <laughs> you said, Glenn, does it shock you after hanging out with me all these years? Every, every once in a while, there are these great profundities that come forth from thy lips. <laughs> As I'm chewing a cheeseburger. As you're chewing a cheeseburger. But the one th- something that you said, and sometimes I'm, I think of myself, I'm like, where does, where does Dan get this from? And one of the things that you said was that 
when a person considers the universe, the vastness, the greatness of the universe, that the universe in all of its beauty, all of its glory is actually poison to the mind. Can you, can you bring, talk about that again? For yeah. A second? Um, like I find just ever since I was a kid, I would do a lot of big thinking and you mm. think you look at the stars, you think how'd they get there? How long have they been there? Can I visit there? Right. Well, everything, when you consider the beauty of the heavens, if you look at uh, what is it, the Hubble Space Telescope photographs, and you're sitting here looking at all these colors, all this beauty, it's like a, a painting, but the mere distance is lethal for your human frame. Mm -hmm. the, um, the makeup, the radiation, the, the, um, everything from any angle you can find, there's nothing hospitable to you about it. Mm -hmm. And even psychologically, it's going to feel um, depressing. It's going to make you question a lot of things. To see something that big, it literally is, it's a thing that metal fans and scientists yes. will think about. And other people will turn on Jack Johnson or right. Nora Jones or Jimmy Buffett, you know, right. and drift off. And I'm not making fun of that. I'm not knocking that. A lot of people, they need to just ease it through. Metal fans seem like the people that are sensitive. They're intelligent, but they, they want to deal with the questions of, of why. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of some of that. I just when I'd look at it, I'd think all of that would kill me, you know, and it does things psychologically as well. That's what I was talking after, about. After you had said that, over the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about what we talked about on the last podcast. And... I came across two things. I came across a secular example of what you were talking about, and I also came across a perfect example from Scripture. I'd like to talk about that for a minute. Yeah. 1926, there was an author by the name of H.P. Lovecraft. He wrote The Call of Cthulhu. Now, the reason why I started looking into this, of course, Metallica has The Call mm -hmm. of Cthulhu, and there's a lot of Cthulhu references in heavy metal. So I was like, what is this Cthulhu thing that... You have to excuse my ignorance um, you know, in that, so I, I, I had to do my research. And Cthulhu is this mythical creature that sleeps in the ocean, and he's part man, part octopus, and part dragon. And as, I was, as we were talking about at dinner tonight, he kind of looks like Zoidberg a little bit. You know, Zoidberg from Futurama is a nicer-looking version of Cthulhu. But this thing that he wrote in 1926... The first chapter, it's a short story, he writes this, and this is from the first paragraph, and this is The Horror in Clay. Now it's time for Literary Times with Unpastor Glenn. <laughs> so everybody gather around, grab a cup of tea, and listen to me as I read to you from The Horror in Clay. <laughs> okay. Masterpiece. Now let me put on my NPR voice now. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinite, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little, but someday piecing together the disassociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position therein that we either shall go mad from the revealing or flee from the deadly light into the peace. And there you have it. That's what H.P. Lovecraft is saying here, is that if we pieced everything together, the way this universe works and made sense of it, we would go mad. 
So then I took a look into scripture and there was uh, an account that came to my mind because there was a man who was actually commanded by the Lord to take a look at the universe and that was Abram. Now Abram became Abraham. He was given a new name. But in Genesis 15, 5, it says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. A lot of people just are glazing over this. It's like God brought Abraham out and said, hey, take a look at the stars, and this is going to be the number of descendants you have. But this verse is a whole lot deeper than that. you got to read between the lines. on. Actually, it takes Revelation to see what's going on here, is that God brought Abraham, or Abram at the time, to a point of revelation, where he said, okay, take a look at these stars. Try to count them. Now, Dan, have you ever tried to stand outside and count the stars? Uh, Probably as a kid, but uh, obviously unsuccessfully. You just can't do it. Right. It's a point of revelation. One of the two things was going to happen. Either he was going to go mad and run away from God, or he was going to believe by faith on God. And that's what he did, is he believed by faith on God instead of choosing the option of going mad or just saying, this can't be, this... I I can't go any further with this. I'm going to stop here. Mm -hmm. And this is where Abram became righteous, is by that faith in God. So all this universe that's around us that drives people mad, they've not gone towards faith, but they've gone towards madness. Or, like we were talking about before, they may not want to look. Right. It costs you something. It, there, there's an angst. There's a pain. Like what we were talking about, the people that can deal with um, the intensity of heavy metal are going to be people that often are going to ask these questions. Think about it, Glenn. Abram, as a polytheistic man. He was. Okay. They were looking around. It, it was kind of a casual extension of day-to-day sensuality, pleasure, pain. You're plowing the field, you're harvesting, you're taking care of sheep, where they would worship objects, mm-hmm. animals, stones. And they were just like, oh, if we tap that stone or, or kill a sheep over there, we, we do these things, not in the symbolic sacrifices right. of scripture, right. but I'm referring to just some pagan thing. Usually they just wanted to make sure their crops were going to be okay or their family would, the storm wouldn't get them a while. You know, they, they wanted protection. It was just these basic things. They just wanted life. But that, that plaguing question that he had that as God began to draw him through that poison, through mm-hmm. that, wow, I, this is overwhelming. You mean I can't think about this wooden oxen or <laughs> some right. stupid idol. Mm-hmm. I have to consider looking and chancing going mad because I cannot accomplish this task exactly. that God asked me to do. Exactly. And, and that is in that zone. If anything, because you and I talked about it, we're not it's just, it's not all about heavy metal, but you and I are both fans of heavy metal. Right. But we see that, wow, there is this place where those heavy-duty questions Mm -hmm. that are not comfortable, they're not normal, and it's as abnormal in behavior as it would be somebody giving some primal growl that they really mean, Mm -hmm. you know, not just performance, but they're releasing something. And, and when, when you look at these things, or you, I bet, I bet he, he wept and groaned and howled yes. and was moved upon this. And he was greatly persecuted. 
it. He Think was. about it. He was. That's it was. True. It was so big with him that he was certainly persecuted because he was ruffling every. He was messing up everybody else's Katy Perry and Jack Johnson, <laughs> yeah. Nora yeah. Jones. They're just trying to chill out. They don't want to deal with these deeper things. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people don't understand. Uh, like you know, if people turn towards looking through a, a gothic lens mm-hmm. of things, and it's they're being sobered. Right. By looking at these intense right. questions that they can get a bit obsessed with the finality of things. But that's a fascinating yeah. revelation. And you bring it up. I have a total respect for the Gothic metal culture, and I understand it. Because what do you think? What does it represent to you? Death surrounds all of us. Yeah. It does. And it's the ignorant in, in mind and the ones that don't want to deal with death that they, they don't live in reality. Which and I think is a natural defense mechanism. It's a natural, right. It's a natural defense mechanism. And there's a sensitivity in that culture that I, that I've realized, especially in the goth metal culture towards, okay, there is a finality towards life. There is an end. Death surrounds us. And if you think about it, what we do every day is we try to defeat death. That's why you took a shower this morning. I hope you took a shower this morning. Did you take a shower this morning? I'm just trying to wait. <laughs> but the odor that comes from us, that's the smell of decay, body odor. Uh, we die in a certain way, so we don't get sick, and we're fighting sickness. It's it's just all cheeseburger. around us. That cheeseburger, <laughs> but death is all around it us. It is that even laughing about the cheeseburger, you know, it, it's morbid, but it's reality, and it's what we have to deal with. So, and what's the difference between those that are unscathed by such questions or seem to successfully avoid them? You meet people every day that just are, or, and the others are are some people more sensitive, perhaps have a keener perspective, or we would both agree in that there is a spirit, the spirit, that would move upon different people and be able to... Um, I'd say it's drawing both. I believe that God... As a matter of fact, I've got a shirt on that says, that says worth right now. And that's because I believe that everybody that God has created has worth. And he's knit special things and special sensitivities into everybody. And then the spirit, it's up to the spirit to move upon that. So I think... That's I, a powerful concept. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think it's both. They have a special sensitivity to it. And that's why they, they, they're just more aware of it. You're aware of more things that I'm aware of. I'm aware of different things that you're not aware of. And that's how we function as human beings. None of us, only God himself has the ability to comprehend and see everything. But we need each other to help to be able to comprehend. And that's the wonderful thing about art, especially when you look at the different subgenres of metal, especially the goth metal, because there's an expression through that of art, of reality, of death, of pain, of sorrow. And they're expressing that, and they're actually mentally healthier than the people that keep it all bottled up all yeah. the time. Yeah. But that helps us cope and deal with the issues that we have to deal with. My introductory to goth metal came as, a, as I was recovering from the brain tumor. And for me, that helped me deal and grapple with the fact that I was almost dead. Yeah. Because you really, in a situation like that, and that's where that appreciation really came in there for that. And you look at that subgenre of metal, and it's something that could, it, it could terrify you because it's a little scary. They wear black, there's some makeup and everything like that. And... 
there, there's forms of it that, that go very extreme, but there's kind of something that's just in the middle that's really beautiful. Uh, and a lot of times I've heard before expressed that great joy can come from sorrow. As a matter of fact, that, that's scriptural. It's just a wonderful thing. 